everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Pod on You Loons. I'm Justin. Pod on You Loons, this is James. Pod on the Loons, this is Sam. Got my daughter with me as well, temporarily. And I guess I am the uh, unofficial Pod on You Loons member. This is Cameron from Seattle. Go away, Cam. <laughs> I invited you when I thought we were going to win. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it was the tale of two games. That's that's what I'll say. But we've seen that our two teams are the class of the MLS uh, Western Conference, at least. Yeah, you're not wrong. We looked very good in the second half. We just uh, we just couldn't. Uh, of course, we looked great when I went to bed. Uh, I went to bed at <laughs> halftime uh, where we didn't look so great. <laughs> and then I woke up to uh, the fact that we actually played quite a good second half. So, I mean, look, if you look back, at least it wasn't 4-0 like it was at the start of last season. So there's a lot of positives to take out of that. Yeah, I think that game, I mean, we'll get into it, but I think it easily could have been 4-0 Seattle, but it also very easily could have been 3-2 Minnesota. So it was a fun game either way. Yeah, and Justin and I were both there. We went with Doomsday Jeremy, had a good time. Uh, it was my first game of the season, which not not bad since it was only the second game at Allianz, but... It was it was Doomsday Jeremy's first game at Allianz ever. He hadn't been since the TCF days. I think he actually hadn't been since the snow opener. So it was good to get him out. We had a good time, right, Justin? Yeah, it was a blast. Uh, it was very cold at the beginning. It didn't seem like it was going to be that exciting of a game, but uh, that second half definitely turned things around. Uh, the fan base turned things around as well. I know we were we were yelling a lot in the stands, and the place almost exploded when we came back. So it was fun to see. Hope we can make it to more games. I was telling Sam, I, I hope that the next time I'm there, I don't have to wear a winter coat. So <laughs> that was the interesting thing about Seattle Twitter is on our broadcast, they were showing it look very cold in the stadium, but then they would show shots of uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul for like the, the B roll and everyone was in shorts and we we're like, what is happening right now? I mean, it was a pretty nice day. It can be both. I've I've seen Minnesotans walk around in snow in shorts, so that's really there were people there were people at the stadium in shorts as well. So maybe I'm a weak Minnesotan, but yeah, it was it was a much nicer day. But then it got really cold and windy as the day went on. But like in the stadium, it was chilly. I don't know if I'd even go out and say it was cold. Like I think in the stadium, it was above freezing. Like I, I put a hat on, put gloves on. I had a long sleeve shirt and a and and that that James. I had that same Allianz Field jacket that you and I both have. Yep. That that was what I wore. And yeah, was it a little chilly? Would I have liked it to be warmer? Of course, but it wasn't too bad. I I would do that again this season. That's what adult beverages are for to warm you up. Yeah, we have those. So there you go. So, so Justin, that was your first time seeing a loss at Allianz. Yeah, I've seen a lot of wins, uh, a couple of draws, but that was the first time I've seen a seen an L. It was still an entertaining game, though, right? Uh, I would hope that you know I'll see some more victories. I figured a loss was going to happen one of these days, but no, it was uh, it was fun, but but sad to see that streak go. And of all, well, hey, let's get. I was going to say of all the streak, <laughs> of all the teams, had to be Seattle, didn't it? Uh, well, I mean, we lose to them all the time, so I guess I should have expected it, right? Yeah. Take, should take, yeah I didn't should realize that off. stat. I didn't realize that stat until this weekend. What is it? 
What what's our record against Seattle in the MLS? Uh, we have one win, one draw, and I think nine losses. My, uh, we're talking about that later on. So, which we have a lot of draws. How how do we only have one against Seattle? We get draws all the time. I don't get it. Because we're good. <laughs> Go away, Cam. <laughs> yeah, Sam. The answer is they just beat our butts every single time we play them. They don't let us have a chance. Or those last second goals. Those are the killers. That's true. That's true. Or or your boy Jao Paulo that just seems to be the best player in the world against us. Man, that goal was a oh yeah, we'll talk about that goal, but that was an absolute worldie right there. That's <laughs> really depressing to watch. Well, let's get into some loons news. Justin, you wanna start us off? Yeah, uh, so training room, uh, returning from injury this week, but not playing was Franco Fragapene in his thigh injury, uh, was on the bench, but did not make it onto the field. We know he's been kind of going through stuff, going through something for a while with that thigh. Hopefully a, a couple weeks off will help him be healthy and improved and hopefully get on the pitch soon. Out this week, though, was Ramon Metinair, who's still out with the thigh injury. O'Neill Fisher, also with the thigh and then our, our two guys that are long-terms, Patrick Weah with a knee, and then Chase Gasper, who's in the substance abuse program for the league. Again, Chase Gasper, get well soon. That's it for the training room. I guess maybe I, I should lead the way with the Team USA news because I'm the American guy that's yeah, left. I, I don't Talk. understand. How is that not at the top? How is that not before <laughs> the training room? Hey, I put it earlier <laughs> in the, the list, but that's okay. Uh, so... Guys, we're going to the World Cup. Yeah, how exciting is that? How you how you feeling about that, Cam? Uh, great. You know, I think I was. I don't know if you saw Clint Dempsey on the post game show, but uh, I was feeling Clint a little bit. He uh, he was not super excited. He didn't even put on the uh, qualified scarf until they came out and put it on him because he was like, "Well, we backed in," which that game was a, a rough game, but you know, we're in and it's a fun draw. Should be really, really interesting. Oh yeah, it's a fun draw. As man, soon as it. oh man, as soon as England came out, obviously England pot eight, like pot one, uh, one of the best teams in the world. As soon as as soon as we got drawn, then I was like, oh, the USA's pot two. I'm so sure that we're gonna get the US. Like, of course we're gonna get the US. And then lo and behold, here we go. Yep. England has never beaten the U.S. in the World Cup, ever. In fact, it's one win and one tie for the USA. So, fun fact, we've never actually beaten anyone in our group, mainly because we've never played anyone else in the World Cup. It doesn't matter if it's Scotland, Wales, or the Ukraine. We've never played any of them. Uh, We've also never played Iran, and we had a draw and a loss to the U.S. So, we've never actually beaten anyone in our group. But... I must say, the uh, from sitting on this side, the Netherlands got a really, really kind of easy draw. They got Qatar, Ecuador, and Senegal. Senegal are African champs, but yeah, I think Ecuador rate, uh, are like 46th in the world. Qatar's like 51st. The Dutch are 10th, and Senegal's like mid-20s. So yeah, everyone is like, well, the Dutch got the really easy group except for the Dutch, who are already preparing for the worst. Some massive capitulation, which, which seems to always kind of happen. And, and we talked about this before, Justin, in, during the Euros, but it's 
so strange that the the whole country is so all in on football uh, and the World Cup or the Euros. But as soon as they're out, the next morning, like nothing remains that there was ever a World Cup or just like all the banners get taken down. Everything that's orange gets removed. It's like it completely wiped that there's even the rest of the tournament happening. It's it's so bizarre, but like that'll be an interesting group. But yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, to see what uh, England and the US throws up because my Twitter timeline, I can tell you, is going to be nuts. <laughs> I'm going to take it's this opportunity to take a little shot at Nate Zell and the Portland Timbers. I was in Portland in January and there were still banners from the MLS Cup they lost up. So uh, imagine having to walk around your city for months and months looking at the fact that you lost that game. <laughs> uh, Portland, uh, great. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Uh, it, it's kind of fun that we're playing England. I uh, also uh, the tinfoil hats were out because people were were predicting this was going to happen. I I saw like weeks ago they were like like it's going to happen England USA on Thanksgiving. Like that was something I saw on the internet. And I know obviously a lot of things can happen, uh, but it is, it is pretty interesting that it happened. It's going to be on Thanksgiving Sunday or not Sunday, sorry. Thanksgiving Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, black Friday. Yeah. It's black Friday, uh, right? That's, that's so, nuts. <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be crazy. I'm excited for it. You know, we'll see what happens. We'll see how much, you know, the media and stuff will hype it up and we'll see if America get, goes all in on soccer. I know that's been something I've been excited for. You know, they're, they're trying to make, soccer more broadly watched in our in our country and i know that it's it's gaining some steam but man if we could do well in the world cup that would that would take it to another level so we'll see what happens you know we're playing england who's a a snake bit team they are they have a history of underachieving the pressure is on them mightily so you know no offense to iran but i think we're going to be fine with them the only thing I'm worried about is Ukraine being like the Cinderella yeah. and, uh, and, and beating them would make us kind of a villain. That's, I was going to say, that's the other tinfoil hat thing is you have England, United States and Ukraine who are on one side of the uh, Russia's war with Ukraine. And then Iran is apparently supporting Russia. And so if Ukraine makes it, it's it's this big and also we was it 98 when the USA played Iran and it was like the great Satan versus Iran and it was a. It was a big deal. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of tinfoil hat stuff going on. Yeah, and it, like, there's also the part where the Group A will play Group B, right? So if you, if, for example, if England or the U.S. come second in Group B and the Netherlands wins Group A, <laughs> then there's also that game that happens as well. So, like, that's also kind of in there. I mean, it could also be Wales or Scotland, right? So then it's like... Wales versus England or Scotland versus England, which is a whole nother like spicy rivalry as well. So could this lead to a new Scotland referendum for uh, breaking away from the UK? <laughs> they lose Brexit happens again. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like there is so much pressure on us. I mean, semifinals 2018, obviously the final of the, the Euro 2020, which left me a depressed mess on the couch. It's, the, re- the the really scary part was after the draw, Brazilian TV did this kind of like poster of who they reckon, and they reckoned that Brazil England was going to be the the final of uh, of the World Cup. 
which was kind of scary when Brazil thinks you're going to be that good. That's kind of that. That's pressure right there. Well, I I don't know if you remember my prediction, James, but I predicted football will come home in 2022, but then it's our turn in 2026. <laughs> yeah, I have faith. The world 2026. I have faith in one of those happening more than the other. But I mean, it's going to be a good group no matter what happens. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be quite a reasonable time for you guys as well. I think. I think it's uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. I think is going to be our game. So. It's all about us, baby, right? Yep. Everything is just set up for for us, right? Hoping I, that we'll be the market. I hope I hope see now that you said that the runner up has to play Netherlands pretty much. I'm a little worried and now I'm like, okay, we got to win the group. We cannot lay low against England. We have to win this groups because if we can get around Netherlands until later, it'll be much better and give us a better chance of I mean, the USA should be fighting for the the semifinals or quarterfinals, I should say, every time. Number thirteen in the world, so fifteen, fifteen. You you, you went down a couple spots. Oh, uh, we dropped two spots. Okay, I, I don't but know. Like that. we were, we were top ten not that long ago, right? And last I checked, Mexico was twelve and we were thirteen, even though we're better than them. I don't yeah. understand how Canada is so low. When well, you were the one explaining to me how coefficients worked in the first place. Like, how do you not understand? Yeah, no, I get <laughs> it, but like. Canada. You said it's like what you guys do for chess. You, you, you said you get points, you move up, you move down. You but said I, it's the exact same thing as you But I thought CONCACAF, like, they beat quite a few, like, they beat you guys, right? And they beat Mexico, who are way above them. So I would have assumed they would have gone up. But apparently they were in, like, the fourth pool, the fourth pot or the third pot. I mean, they it's probably the, went up a little bit, but they were way down. Yeah, it's the history, right? It, they don't just look at the tournament. They look at the last what is yeah. it year so yeah but uh yeah that was uh that was pretty pretty crazy but i mean like england didn't lose a single game in the in the qualifiers to the world cup we had eight wins two draws so we're um we're looking quite strong i mean well we're number fifth in the world and we're still third in uefa so shows how strong uefa is can we just say how awesome it is that Italy didn't make it? I'm sorry if you have any Italian fans, but oh my gosh, I was excited. It was one of the history. One of my favorite things I've seen on the internet this year uh, was I watched like a a recap video on Twitter of like some Italian like like New York Italians talking about the game and just being like really forget about it about Italian soccer and it just made me so it was just great. Just just the stereotypical New York Italians, but talking about soccer, which is something I never really have. I never like kind of put the two together. Right. I when I think Italian soccer, I think I'm doing the hand motions, you know, and I think I think of that I don't think of like the, the New Yorker. Right. So that was hilarious. But yes, Italy not making it. Very awesome. And and it, it's good for us. Right. The, the more trash teams that can make it to the World Cup, the better chance Better chance USA I, has. I mean, to to be honest, it was going to be like, it was either Italy or Portugal. Like one of those two right. was going to make it. But I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys saw the game, but I was watching, I was watching live. Like I, I was watching on the couch and just seeing North Macedonia just absolutely plant this ball in the back of the net was just the most insane thing to happen. I'm like, just come on, come on, this God, this is nuts. Look at this. <laughs> like, North Macedonia is gone. Uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, Portugal looked extremely comfortable, so that was like bread and butter. But 
yeah, it was it was truly insane. But beforehand, I was like, don't don't sleep on North Macedonia. Like they they might be all right. Carmen's like, nah, they won't do anything. So yeah, it was uh, it was nuts. But yeah, Italy was uh, pretty sad. Well. If you all can't tell, apparently we don't want to talk about the game that we lost yesterday, especially with Seattle guy right here with us. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. The World Cup talk is fine. Let's just kind of quickly run down our local teams and then let's actually get to that 2-1 loss against Seattle. We're not going to talk about any of the stuff with those games? I mean, Christian Pulisic? Like, we are on, 18 man. minutes in. Okay, and fair. We are 18 minutes in, and I am returning from spring break tomorrow. Okay. Well, everybody, Christian Pulisic had a really good game, and it was that third goal was he had a great was it the game. third goal was just that was Chef's kiss dribbling through the defenders for who was that against was that against Panama? Yeah, yeah, Panama. But just dribbling through the defenders and getting that goal was just beautiful, and uh, I, I hope to see him do more of that in the USA jersey. I'd love to see him do it in a Chelsea jersey as well. I agree. I agree with that one. They got to get past Brentford first, right? <laughs> you know what? And Cam, that's why I wasn't going to bring that up. Is because these two have been <laughs> these two have been dissing me about my Chelsea for a while. Hey, when you're champions of the world and as good as we are, sometimes we got to take our knocks when we're down. It's like right. You, you think about the February <laughs> and March that Chelsea had, in spite of all things, right? In, in spite of like. Just the team and, and all of us. Sam, Sam, we're 18, we're 18 minutes in. We're 18 minutes in, Sam. We got to get moving, man. No, we, no like we, we, we can't get on our soapbox about Chelsea again. We do this every week. No, we don't have talk to. about insult to injury, right? Like everything that's going on with Chelsea. Well, now our coach is getting a divorce. Our, our coach and Your owners wife. poisoned everything. Yeah, our, yeah our was poisoned. Oh yeah, he was God. trying to negotiate a peace treaty with uh, between Ukraine and Russia, and the Russians poisoned him. Right. That's what he, that's what he gets for owning Chelsea. Am I right? Even the Russians right. don't like Chelsea. It, it's like <sighs> ev- everyone hates us. Everyone's making us take a bus to Middles Middlesbrough or whatever that's called. <laughs> Middlesbrough. Remember. <laughs> People want us to ride buses instead of fly planes and. Everyone's laughing at us because we don't have an owner right now. And, and meanwhile, our actual owner is trying to negotiate peace and gets poisoned and our coach is getting divorced. And just it's, it's rough times. So just don't make fun of us about Brentford. OK, I mean, even we beat Brentford. My, my team lost at Brentford. So it's OK, Sam. At least Arsenal can do it. But speaking of quick rundown into yeah, quick rundown of Aurora forward in city. Let's go. Talk about Aurora. Cool. Uh, I'm wearing the scarf. Kits will be revealed at the Mall of America, April 9th, uh, 11 a.m. Sam is going. Sam is probably going. Sam, Sam is, has zero control over his life and what he does and does not do. Sam is probably going, hopefully going, probably taking the kids. That seems like the kind of thing I could take kids to, so I should be there. So Sam is but I'm like, potentially going. Ooh. I'm like one fever away between the two of them from not going. Okay. And they get fevers all the time. Like you guys don't understand. Someone always has a fever. It's ridiculous. 
So, and I'm coming to stay. This is good news. This is, this is what I want to hear. It's it cold be, in Minnesota. Just stick them outside. It'll bring that temperature down. <laughs> they should be done with their fever by then. Anyway, yeah, so we'll, we'll, do, we'll do that, and then we'll have a special bonus episode about the kits because people seem to like our kit episodes, so we have a special bonus episode coming up. Uh, Ford Madison. Okay, Ford Madison. They they do have a new away kit, which is pretty cool. Half white, half pink. Uh, we'll we'll kind of talk about it in the bonus episode we have coming up. But they did start off their season with a draw. They were at Chattanooga Red Wolves. That was Saturday, April 2nd, about the same time that the Loon-Seattle game was going on. It was a 95th-minute equalizer for the Mingos. So if you're following them at all last year, it was typically the op- they were typically on the opposite end of that. They were... They were falling in the 95th minute where yesterday they triumphed. So that that's a nice, cool change of pace. And then, yeah, Minneapolis City. Justin, you want to do the Minneapolis City rundown? Yeah, so they, they played a few weeks back. I think it was March 23rd. Uh, they played in the first round of the U.S. Open Cup, Cup against Des Moines Menace, or Dennis as they're called, I'm, I'm learning about. De- Someone uh, calls it Dennis the Menace. I've noticed that yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, that's, that's so, like from the from the comic book, Dennis the Menace. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Justin, you've never heard of Dennis the Menace? No, no, I know, but like calling <laughs> calling Des Moines Menace Dennis like was just like that's like the nickname for the team is they're called the Des Moines Menace, but they refer to themselves as Dennis. That's what I'm talking. I know who I know who Dennis the Menace is. Calm down. <laughs> uh so they lost four to two. Uh, it was a fun game. I watched it on ESPN Plus. The only thing I, I had against it is they played Des Moines plays on a high school field, and there are way too many lines on there for a soccer game. So very confused. Have you never watched on. a Minneapolis City game before? So I haven't. I guess I'm gonna have to use <laughs> that as well. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they play at a college field, but it's the same thing, right? So I'm gonna have to get used to this. But there was a beautiful goal. Uh, you know, uh, Minneapolis City got the first goal of the game. Uh, Lionel Vang or Lionel Vang, as he was being referred to on, on Twitter after this, had just a banger of a goal. Uh, it was number two on the Sports Center top 10. So go out, look for that, find that goal, beautiful goal. Uh, Sam, they also made T-shirts. Minneapolis City made T-shirts that, say, that says Vangers only. So I'm wondering if you're going to get you're going to get one of those T-shirts. Seems I, I like something you might be into. I think that that was a limited run. I think James bought one, though. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, nice. yeah, I, uh, so the, the thing about it was that they were like, we, it's a limited run, but we also, if we sell 25, then we'll make the shirt. There's no update on if they actually made 25, but, uh, the fact that the page no longer exists when I try to find it, uh, doesn't quite give me confidence. I well, thought they for sure made them. They just closed the sale. I, I thought I saw something that said last chance to get one of these. I, I'm pretty sure they had at least 25, but no, I did not buy one. I have the bangers only Hassani Dotson loon shirt. And then my, uh, my in-laws got me a sweatshirt of, of the same. So that, that's pretty cool. But no, I, I did though, like for my other gig, the, the trivia that I do, I did host a all music theme trivia called the banger to end all bangers. Nice. So if if you're up for if you're up for trivia and you're up for music trivia specifically, uh, look into that because that that's kind of fun. Yeah. So last last note for Minneapolis City, uh, they're going to start their first season in the USL League Two uh, on May eighth against Des Moines Menace. They're going to be hosting them in Minneapolis. 
Uh, so De- Des Moines won the league last year. So this is the first year in the league for Minneapolis City. They've got a chance to play the league champs, you know, in the U.S. Open Cup. Now they're going to get a chance to play them for their opener. Maybe we'll be there, Sam. I don't know. I, we haven't talked about it, but I, I might be interested in going. That might be fun to go watch. Yeah, I think that that would be fun. I I think that that's the same weekend that Cincinnati's in town. So, like, if you wanted to hear Wonderwall sang, like, that that would be a good weekend to also be at Allianz Field. So that's you got to take that into account. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would be fun. I definitely want to go to a couple of those this summer. Shout out to the Minneapolis City coach who follows me on Twitter now. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, he follows me too. Yeah, yeah he's a good dude. Yeah, so don't don't feel too special, Cam. But <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a nice dude, though. Like he's uh, he's a quality guy. We've had some tweet interactions. He's uh, yeah, he's a good dude. All right, we gotta at some point get to this two-one loss for Seattle. No, I I, I actually. I don't feel too bad about our 2-1 loss versus Seattle. As we've said many times, Justin and I were there. We we were there with our buddy Doomsday. We had a great time. I, I have a lot of positive takeaways from this. Uh, obviously, it didn't go our way. And, right, like, I'm a Green Bay Packer fan, and that video that came out of Aaron Rodgers running in a touchdown in Chicago and then just yelling at the Bears fans – I own you. I've always owned you. That is kind of Seattle towards us, and that sucks. But, yeah, it is what it is. Justin, can you tell me that record again? Uh, yeah, so we have played We have played, played a total of 10, or is it 11 games? 11, 11 games. 11, yeah. 11, 11 games. We have one win, one draw, nine losses, and we've only scored eight goals. In that same span, Seattle obviously has nine wins, one draw, and one loss, and they've scored 23 goals. So, Domination. I, I can't. I couldn't find it. I tried to look back, but we talked about it earlier on the season. I think it was when the schedule came out. Seattle even was when they were they, when they were trying to sell tickets. They were given like what games you should go to. Do you guys remember that? One of their ones was you got to go to the you got to go to the game against Minnesota United because we just kick their ass every time we <laughs> play them. Like they they said that. Like they said like we this rivalry. They talked about a rivalry, but it's it's it's, it's so not. slanted, right? So we, we talked about that earlier in the season. So, I mean, like, obviously, like, these teams match should match up well to each other. Obviously, that Western Conference final is a classic and it'll go down as, as, as a big game for both teams, right? But obviously, in the regular season, we have not held up our end of the bargain. I guess we would hope that these numbers would change as time goes on. But, as, alas, another loss. A lo- another loss for the, the Loons. To be fair, though, I mean, before we beat them last season, it was, what, seven wins and a draw? So, and we lost in that time 4-0 twice. So they have seriously had the wood on us, and now it's like it's a little bit more, you know, we won 1-0, they then won 1-0, and we then they won again 2-1, right? So it's been a lot closer than than it has been. But, yeah, it's definitely... Uh, we got another shot, 15th of May in Seattle. So, Great. so fun fact that I just looked up. We have only won the war one time against Seattle in the times we played them, and it was it was on Saturday. That's the only time we've had a better war, or not war, whatever it's called in, in soccer. Sorry, XG. Sorry, war? I used the base. What? That's the base. That's the baseball term. 
Sorry, I got all. We win, we win the battles, but you win the war. <laughs> yeah. I, I was that, confused there. Yeah. So yeah. the XG. Sorry, the XG. We, we won the XG. We only won the XG one time, and it was it was on Saturday. Oh, apart from the time that we beat them, because we also won the XG then as well. Oh, never mind. I'm wrong. Sorry. I, sorry for wasting everyone's time. <laughs> <laughs> but the time you beat us, that was a late penalty, wasn't it? I was Against there. Thunder. Yeah. It wasn't was a penalty. There, Justin was there too. It, was, it wasn't a penalty, yeah. but it was a lot in the 81st. So it, it okay. was it was late. Yeah. So coming from my perspective in this game, I actually think the first half was relatively even, even though Seattle went up one nothing because of the the amazing shot there by and ball movement by uh Jao Paulo. I mean, you saw the pass from Ladero and and this is the first game of Ladero back for the Sounders. So he's been gone almost the whole season and he and Rui Diaz are the heart and soul of the team. So we've been missing arguably our two best players, but Jao Paulo, who was an MVP finalist last year, maybe it's sliding up into that. But it seemed like once that second half goal went in and Adrian, he tried to open it up a little bit. Seattle was real dangerous on the counterattack and couldn't finish. And then everything changed with that penalty. So you need, I think you need to give your team a lot of credit. I know we just had a whole long conversation there about all how good Seattle is and has beaten you all these times, but this was two Western conference, just beasts that I think are going to be relevant the rest of the year that battled it out. And you saw it was counterattack back and forth in the second half over and over again. And uh, it just, it just, and honestly, once that goal went in on the penalty, everything changed. The fans went nuts. You should have had a, a goal on the header. That was just a terrible header. And then on the misplay where uh, Fry ran in, or Reagan ran into Fry because he didn't hear him, there was another chance there. So it easily could have finished three to two. So I'm going to lift your spirits a little bit and say, hey, maybe I know that they say there's no um, moral victories, but this this should be seen. It's the same way I felt when every time Seattle beats LAFC, right? It's like this. there's no moral victories, but when you beat a team that's supposed to be that good, it feels good. Or if we lost a game against someone hard, like take some credit here. I, I think Adrian, for all the, the the Adrian haters, he stepped up and the subs he made were great. And he outcoached Schmetzer because those subs that Schmetzer did really put the end of the game in jeopardy for the Sounders. And and let's not forget, we're still above Seattle in the, in, in the table. So that that's the most yeah, I think, important I think part. we're seventh. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're seventh. But but of course, it's because we're focusing on Champions League. We're not playing our starters usually in the MLS oh, okay. unless yeah. it's unless it's getting ready. And we've been out without our two best players. But I will say that um, they didn't do that. Right? They took they took Minnesota seriously and started all the starters because they're we're heading in on Wednesday in the the. Uh, Champions League semifinals against New York City FC at home. So they they did start. We started everyone that we needed to. And we we didn't treat Minnesota like we did Austin and put a bunch of teenagers in there. Uh, we treated Minnesota like the the true champions that they are. We appreciate I, it. You're, you're not, I like the sound wait, of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, and, yeah. and make no mistake, I am not feeling down about yesterday. It, it's just, right, you, you see that stat about just – the losses, the one draw and the one win. And, and that just seems a little silly. And I don't even know how that happened. Like we're, 
Right, right. Like that's the kind of record that Cincinnati would have against Seattle if they played them more, right? Like, it's the early those first few expansion years, right? Yeah. It's it's getting your legs under you. As as James mentioned, now that things have kind of evened out and Minnesota's good, we're starting to see it go back and forth a little bit. And the other thing is, as you mentioned on Sounder Scuttlebutt, Sam, when you came and were a guest on my podcast, Sounder Scuttlebutt, uh, before the match you were destined to score one goal because that's <laughs> how many goals you score in every game this year. Yep. Yep. Now we are one plus one plus one plus one plus one. Easy math. I can do it. You know, you know what the other like stat is, is that we're pretty much guaranteed to score one against Seattle because that's basically, there's only one match we've ever scored more than one against Seattle. And that was the conference finals. Every other time it's either one or zero. Didn't we score two against them last year? Nope. The one, one we we beat them one zero last year. Yeah. Oh. Okay. We basically it it's four nil, or we score a goal is generally how it pans out. So as long as they don't score four, we're usually getting on the score sheet. All right. That's, that's this mindly depressing stat. Well, yeah. Let, let's talk about some of yesterday's stats. So our lineup, uh, obviously, Dane St. Clair in the goal. Our back line was DeBossi, Coleman, Boxel, and DJ Taylor. Chase Gasper still out. Ramon Matnair still out. So Coleman and DJ Taylor filling in for those two. In the midfield, uh, Hassani Dotson will trap. Our attacking midfield, Abu Dunladi, that one raised some eyebrows, that selection there. Manuel Reynoso, Robin Lud. And then up top, it was Luis Amaria. The subs, okay, the the subs. So we went from uh, the typical four, two, three, one to a four, three, three right after halftime. We put in Joseph Rosales for Abu Dunladi. That was a great substitution. Uh, 63rd minute. We actually make a double substitution. Kamar Lawrence in for Brent Coleman, Bangi Langwane in for DJ Taylor. I think a lot of us were wondering why Bangi Langwane wasn't in, uh, wasn't starting the game in the first place. And then I, I guess the only other notable thing I would have about the lineup is that Kervin Ariaga wasn't even on the bench. So I'm not sure what's up there. He was away on international duty with Honduras. He was sent home early because he had yellow card accumulation. So he wasn't able to play and he wasn't eligible for Honduras's final game. He comes back to Minnesota early. That seemed like a good sign for Minnesota United fans, but then he wasn't even on the bench. So I, I'm not sure what's up with that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not really sure either. I also like the fact that I got confused between Bongi and Dinladi because when I was watching, I also didn't have any sound on. So <laughs> I, I sent these guys a message when Dinladi <laughs> hit the bar and I was like, Bongi! And they were like, what? <laughs> Bongi's not even we, on the We field. said it when we were there. I think, I think... I think James is ahead of us on the player, like the, the feed right now. Right. <laughs> the three of us watch games at the same time. We're texting on WhatsApp and Justin usually has Justin usually is the quickest. I, I'm the only one that pays for cable. So I, I, I see it when it happens usually. And I have YouTube TV. So I'm always like 30 seconds to a minute behind Justin. And then James is a total wild card because he just finds whatever stream he can find because he lives somewhere where he can't just, pay for it so yep basically but it doesn't matter always for example i have cable and i discovered during the game yesterday that amazon prime which in washington state is the streaming partner for the sounders was ahead 
of the cable. Really? Okay. Yeah, it was about it was about twenty seconds ahead. Nice, bizarre man. Like just like that's what I'm looking forward to, and I think the MLS has somehow slightly alluded to this that they're gonna put in some deal, but just it's so terrible. <laughs> like just. Put in a deal where everyone can watch games and everything's kind of not mishmashed and you're all kind of crossed off. You have to live a certain distance from the stadium, otherwise you can't watch. Like all this stuff is just so whack. Like all those rules are dumb. Yeah, if, they're all if, dumb. They, they expire at the end of this year, so yeah. they said they told teams do not make any media deals after this year. So they will be expiring, and then there will be a new thing that'll be like. MLS Live or whatever we had before, but something different with I'm sure some station's gonna bid a ton of money for it. Yeah, and 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 this is what I mean. It's like the the step from kind of you know, it's not amateur league by any stretch, but the stretch from like that step up to like really top class, like that media coverage is such a big stepping stone for that that you're gonna you're gonna be able to see all the games and stuff, and that that is a big step. And I I know the Premier League is obviously way more profitable than MLS at this point. But look at look at what's happening with Peacock. I know from my my experience, like that's that's been great. I watch way more games than I ever would have before because I have so many games available to me. Uh and I have cable right so I'll get to watch the game on USA or whatever. Because that's what that's now that's what they're on. They're not on NBC anymore. Uh I don't know. Maybe that's a time of year thing. But I would love to see for the MLS to have Something like Peacock, I would watch more games. I'd watch Seattle play. They're a good team. I'd watch I'd watch a lot of stuff. I'd be more active in the league if I could watch more games. And Don't I'm sure a lot ESPN of people feel the same way. Yeah, but I mean, can I get a lot of MLS games? I'd maybe get a couple you, actually. You can get all of them that aren't nationally broadcast oh, really? or, or oh, local market. market. I guess yeah. I know now. Yeah. I'll watch more games, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But it it is a problem, you know, and and I just hope they go for the with the model you're talking about and not uh, what you do see in England sometimes. So I'm a fan of Forest Green Rovers, who's um, in uh, League Two, so fourth division, and they're hopefully they're they're in first place. They're hopefully going up, but I got to pay ten dollars a match, so I don't watch every match. I watch maybe one a week, or I mean one a month, because I'm willing to put up ten dollars a month, but that's about it. Okay, That's I am expensive. hesitant to ask this, but why Forest Green Rovers? Why do you have a League Two team that you follow, Cam? <laughs> uh, they are the only actually carbon neutral team in the world. Uh, they don't they don't do trade offs or you know cap and trade stuff. Uh, they are a vegan club and they're sponsored by Sea Shepherd as well and Oatly. So being vegan and and all that kind of stuff, like it's right up my alley. Plus, their uniforms are bright neon green almost uh like the sounders and it's like a um a tiger print so i, I get to wear yeah. bright green tiger print uh jerseys i just okay. seen that yeah that, so, that's so they won't take they won't take a pj like your your beloved chelsea they won't be trying to take pjs to the the fa cup game <laughs> uh, <laughs> i mean uh vancouver has some pjs in their uniform base too if that's what he calls private jets Oh, sorry. Oh. Private jets. My bad. I thought I, you were I'm saying even, pajamas. Yeah, I, thought, <laughs> yes. I, I was also like, Chelsea bring pajamas to the FA Cup? Yeah, I figured you were making fun of one of their jerseys. My bad. I, I, I use the, the youth slang 
Yeah. Well, I mean, we un- unlike you, the rest of us don't fly on private jets, so we don't have the ability to have slang, Justin, as you're like jetting around the world. That's why you don't watch it on TV, right? You're at all these games. Yeah. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> you know what's? You know, I just found out reading reading a little bit about Forest Green Rovers is that uh, Hector Bayerin is the second largest stakeholder in the club. Yeah, you just bought in last year. Yeah. That's kind of crazy, but uh, yeah, that's that's really interesting. Actually, the greenest team in the world, according to FIFA. Yeah, that's oh. awesome. That's a cool fun fact, and, and a great yeah. reason to support a team. Yeah. Well, cool. Back back to the game, right? Um, you know, check out Pod on you Forest Green Rovers. We'll be recording every Wednesday, but until Wednesday, let let's talk about the game. The 2-1 loss against Seattle, right? It was a 38th Jao Paulo goal, right? He always scores against us. He always does this to us. It was a banger of a goal. Nothing Dane St. Clair could have done to stop it. That's what makes it 1-0 in the 38th minute. It's his sixth career MLS goal. He is their number six. And it's his third against Minnesota United. So he scored half of his MLS goals against us. Yeah, good times. I mean, it was a cracking tweet as well from the Sounders who went, our favorite pr- tradition, Jao Paulo bangers against Min- Minnesota. And they just posted a clip of all of his absolute bangers. I mean, he was an MVP candidate last year, right? I think he gets he gets uh, under or overlooked, I should say, undervalued by other teams because you have um, – or be Rui Diaz and, and Lodero in front of him. And there's Jordan Morris and rolled on on the national team now, but this dude was an MVP candidate last year. And he is very similar to uh, someone who's close to all of our hearts, Ozzy Alonso, but he's more box to box because he can go up and score, which he does against us. Yeah. Sad. Things get a little worse for us. 49th minute. Brent Coleman scores an own goal, makes it two zero. An unfortunate deflection, awkward, nothing much more to say there. I mean, I I think you said it all at the time, right? You you said that Jordan Morris is speedy. uh, And it was that speed, that ability to run up the field and just put it somewhere where the ball was dangerous that made that happen. Yeah, I mean, if Brent Brent misses that ball, it's probably going to be a goal anyway, right? So... I think it was it Rui Diaz was arriving at the back post uh, and we was just, yeah. I mean, that ball's probably going in anyway if it gets that far, but yeah, just unfortunate. Again, nothing Dane could do either. Yeah. And right. We were there. I, I really sensed a just change in the atmosphere at Allianz and it would, it wouldn't stay that way, but it did feel like the air was sucked out of Allianz field when that own goal went in. Fortunately, it didn't stay that way, and actually, Allianz Field started to kind of become rowdier than I've I've ever experienced, um, which was pretty cool. But that that two zero, right? It, it becoming two zero that really was uh, that that was the low point of the evening. Obviously, not a hot take there. So, sixty third minute, we have Kamar Lawrence. Kamar Lawrence makes his Minnesota United debut coming on. Bangi Lungwane also comes on in a double substitution. It does start to put things in favor of 
Minnesota United a little bit. It's not necessarily like it's immediate, but it does turn things around and starts putting Minnesota United in the right direction. I have another kind of, I, I do have a little bit of a hot take on this, but um, when, you know, James, Justin, one of you nerds, why don't you tell us about XG? Yeah, so I, I found, uh, I, I want to figure out where they got this, but uh, shout out to 551 Podcasts. Their Twitter account posted this XG, gra- XG graph that shows the progression throughout the game. So that obviously they get somewhere on the internet. Fans, all of you, if any of you know, let us know. Uh, where they got this, but you can just see the change in the XG as those substitutions are made. Things start moving upward. Uh, and then, you know, we, we eventually, as I talked about before, we overtake them in XG overall in the game because of those opportunities, because of those things that Cam was talking about earlier. Uh, and it all, it all started with that substitution and, and, and shows, you know, like Cam said, like a great decision tactically was made to make those changes it changed the 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 landscape of the game and also almost made it a draw or a loon's win. So, so, so I, I want to bounce something off of you guys because around this time as well, and and Cam, I I, I really I'm not trying to uh, whine right now. What 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 I what I am saying, like I, I'm not trying to be whiny right now. From the perspective of the Wonderwall, and right, we all know, like when you are in a stadium. It is very likely that you are not seeing what is happening at the at you, you don't have the luxury of seeing it at every angle. You don't have the luxury of seeing replays. You don't have the luxury of getting right up close from a zoomed camera. We're not seeing everything when we are at the game. But when we were at the game, when we were in the Wonderwall, around this time, it, it just seemed like Seattle players were on the ground a lot. And whether it was they were rightfully on the ground or whether they were milking it or whether it was a little, little, little bit of both. But the Wonderwall started getting very anxious. And, you know, you, you start you start getting the, you know, the F Seattle chance, which I, I know like 90 percent of people listening probably really like the F Seattle chance. I didn't appreciate the F Seattle chance. Um, I saw a tweet by our buddy Alex from the Dummy Run who was who's talking about, OK, probably enough of these and. Almost everyone disagreed with him on that. I, I think that that personally gives too much credit to Seattle, right? We don't need to look at them like they're just untouchable and that we can't get them or whatnot. But basically what I'm getting at and taking a long time to get there is the stadium, which had been quiet after that second goal. The stadium had been pretty quiet. The amount of Seattle players on the ground, whether it was you know, for good reason or not, the amount of Seattle players on the ground started getting the Wonderwall back into the game and started getting Allianz Field, the the 20,000 people there, back into the game. And I don't know if I've experienced something like that. I've I've experienced the air getting sucked out of a stadium. I don't know if I've really experienced the air just being blown back into a stadium before. Yeah, I mean, I think I can respond from a Seattle perspective where – I mean, I think there's times where certain players milk it. Um, you know, was it Ariaga when the yellow card happened when he got hit in the nose? Well, Ariaga wasn't. Uh, unless you have an Ariaga, also our Ariaga. Yeah, was number playing. number three was Ariaga. Uh, number oh, number yeah. three, three that we was were also Ariaga. That, our, that the 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 Wonderwall is not fr- fans of yeah. number three. So he was he, he that one where the yellow card happened. That was definitely a foul. It, 
he got smacked in the nose and I imagine it hurts a lot. I've been hit in the nose before and it's not fun. Uh, of course it was an accident, which I think is, is part of the reason why the fans are mad about it. And I think at the time, Sam, you'd said it looked like he took a dive, but he did get hit right in the face, like right in the nose. And it was an accident. He was swung his arm out and just didn't know he was there. But it did feel like in that instance, although a yellow card was deserved under the rules, um, and it definitely was a foul, um, he milked it a little bit. He was on the ground for a long time. Uh, I want to defend him and say that, you know, getting hit in the nose hurts. But lots of people get hit in the nose. If Christian Roldan got hit in the nose, he would have been up and running. He wouldn't be sitting on the ground. So, yeah, there might have been a little bit of that. But I think coming out of just playing Leon in the Champions League, uh, where they spend the entire game on the ground, seeing a couple players spend a few extra seconds on the ground doesn't doesn't do doesn't get me fired up. I didn't see anything there that seemed more than MLS normal. You weren't you weren't down two goals at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, what but, what but I am getting at though is I I think that that was part of yeah. the Minnesota comeback. Uh, yeah, it very well could have been. Yeah, you know, and, and I think also your subs coincided with our our subs that took out our more talented players. Uh, and the game opened up. That game became super fun to watch when it was counterattacking back and forth. Both teams looked goal dangerous. Um, especially after the penalty, man, that talk about that. Cause that, I think watching your crowd erupt at that point, it felt like the crowd noise was building and building and building. And at that point, everything changed at that point, Minnesota was going to win the game. That's what it felt like in the stands. You know, we went, we went from, from, from quiet. And like Sam said, right? Like frustration with the reps, a lot of yelling at the reps that definitely brought the energy back into the building. But when that, when that penalty was called, the energy was rising. And when he scored, like you said, like it just, it took the the, the roof off the place. And, and I, and I felt, we all felt like we're going to, we're going to tie this game. Like it's going to happen. And obviously, right. They had, the, they had those opportunities um, but, but goals change games as we know. Right. And, and, you know, a two, nothing like deficit, that's a lot, but two, one, that's not so bad. Right. You just got to get there. You got to get that first goal. You got to break the seal and, and, and get in that right direction. Just like, just like beer, you got to break the seal. Terrible. Analogy. And, and then if Boxall gets that header, right. That comes right at him. Everything changes. That was, oh man, that was tough. Like, and, and I think that that's what we were talking about, Sam. We couldn't remember in the moment. We couldn't figure out who it was. I think, Sam, you thought it was Ludd or maybe that was Jeremy uh, as we're watching it in the stands. And, and like for me, everything like just everything slowed down, you know, and like watching it hit, the, hit his chest and he just couldn't figure out what to do with it. Um, that, was, that was hard because, you know, it just felt like a golden opportunity to score a goal. So I uh, I got an update for you, Justin, about where they pulled that graph from. It's actually from MLSsoccer.com. So oh, nice. If you if you go into the games, it gives the summary. There's also a tab that says stats, and right at the bottom of that, there's a really nice. There's basically that XG graph, but there's there's really interesting stats kind of all the way around. So that's definitely something I'm going to be looking at after, yeah, uh, good to after know. every game. But uh, Cool. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't know if that's on the app. 
Um, or maybe that's new this year. Have to check that out. So, guys, you know, we kind of talked through this game. Do you guys have any thoughts on the lineup? Is there anything you would change uh, for our next game? Our next game is at Austin. So at Austin, do you want to see anything different, assuming we have the same players available? So in my head originally, I would say, like, obviously, like Franco is our left wing, right? Uh, and, and normally, I guess what I would want to do is have Franco start with 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 uh, Bongi as the guy to kind of jump in and play, you know, sub for either side, either winger and come in and, and spark some energy. But I think, you know, with Franco coming back from injury, let's start Bongi. Let's see what let's see what he can do. Give him give him 60. If, if 60, he's 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 still shining. He's got the legs for it. Give him the whole game. I think he we, we need to see what we have with him. And in the small glimpses we've seen so far, there's been a lot of promise, a lot of excitement. So I'd like to see him. I, I, I'm sure Kamar Lawrence is going to start next week. We saw what he can do, you know, as a replacement for Chase Gasper. So those are the two that I would like to see. Bongi at left wing and Kamar Lawrence at left back. Let's see what they can do in, in a start. Yeah, I think I would agree and you know, I'm I'm so confused about why Ariaga wasn't in there, but I think I, I do feel more comfortable at this moment with Hassani playing right back than DJ Taylor. Though I, I mean DJ Taylor was going up against Jordan Morris, who's just so fast. So I, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to fault him too much for that. So yeah, if Ariaga was available, I'd like to see him back in the mix. Though, like Joseph Rosales was so good as well. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I got to think about this. I got to think about this some more. I think. How how good is this problem? We're like, oh man, we want this guy, but this other guy's so great. But this other guy's so great. We just need a right back. Like that's the that's the real issue that we have right now is that we just we need a right back. Where's Roman? Get Where's Roman, Roman back. But I agree with Justin. I think Bongi definitely needs a start. Like I, I honestly, like I said, I was so confused. I didn't realize Danilardi was starting because it didn't even make sense to me that he would start in that position. Um, yeah, I would. Yeah, pff, I just was just not expecting him to be there. Um, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, we just need a we need a Roman back, and I think you start Bongi and Kamar Lawrence looked good, like you said, and Rosales was so good. So, yeah, it's uh, we it's, we can have an extra player, right? Like, yeah, we, we can play, just we, can we play twelve of them. Can we play twelve against Seattle? I think that's I think that's really what we need. Like, I'll be fine with eleven against everyone else. Now, did Tyler Miller not start because you were afraid he was a spy and might, again, uh, benefit us coming from Seattle? I feel like that's why we sent him to LAFC first and now to y'all, because he was going to be our next up-and-coming goalie, and now he's just going out in the league and helping us win. No, Tyler Miller, he got he got the flu, and then Dane St. Clair started and ended up being the MLS Player of the Week. So it you couldn't bench Dane St. Clair after being MLS player of the week. And then he had another good game. So he had had two, two good games in a row, two clean sheets in a row. I I mean, not to give him too many, too much credit against San Jose because San Jose didn't have a single shot on goal that entire game, but right. You, Dane St. Clair just wasn't able to be benched. Um, 
I, I think Tyler Miller's still in the mix for us. It Minnesota United fans think that we're going to move one of them, whether it's Tyler Miller or Dane St. Clair, Minnesota United fans tend to think that the team is comfortable with both and would like to move one. It's just which one can we get the most in return for or, or the best value for? I don't know. That's something we've kind of spun the wheels on. Yeah. I mean, I'm also kind of happy that uh, Ray scored as well. I think it's good to kind of get one on, the, even if it's a penalty, like it's good for him to get one on the board because I was watching some play in the first half and they were just missed passes. There were giveaways. We had this quite nice break where he went to pass to, to Amaria that just went to a Seattle player and that broke down. And they were just, it just didn't look like he's definitely, he's just not firing on all cylinders. Um, but I think, you know, to get a penalty and was it the best struck penalty in the world? No, I don't think so. But, you know, it went bottom corner and they all count, right? So, I think that was good for him to kind of just sell the nerves, get one on the board. And and about DSC, uh, and uh, yeah, you're right. Like, you can't bench a guy after he's MLS player of the week, especially as we have so few of them. But I don't, I don't really see him getting benched after this either. Like, Xiao Paolo scores an absolute worldie, and then Brent Coleman deflects one past you when you have no hope like there's two goals you can absolutely do nothing about and you save every other ones like i still think i still think he's fine now i want to give renoso some credit uh and first and then i'm gonna talk badly about him in a different way uh he went up against rusnak and Zhao paulo so that's two designated players uh, and, um, and Lodero was in there as well at some point. So it, it wasn't like it was an easy task for him, right? He, he was going up against very quality defenders. So that, that's gonna, that's gonna be a tough thing, but I don't know if you all saw this, but on TV, it was very clear to us on the, at least on the Seattle broadcast, I texted Sam at the time, but there's, there was a point where he went and shoved down, I think Leo Chu, uh, like ran up and shoved him to the ground. And Roe got in the middle, and then the ref came over and stopped it. And then as they're walking away, Roe points at him, and I think he's looking at Adrian, because I don't think they were all the way to our bench yet. And he's like, what an a-hole, and just, just like laughing. And it was it was just like, whatever happened, Leo somehow got under his skin, and he ran at him and shoved him to the ground. It was like, what an overreaction. <laughs> I think I think we're starting to see. I mean, we love Reynoso. He's a great, talented player, but I could definitely see him being a guy that every team we play hates. You know, like the players hate him, the fans are going to hate him because he dives, he does, he kicks guys in the heels. You know, he's good for a yellow card when he's upset. You know, that that's just kind of his personality. But then he can make some amazing plays for us. You know, he's, he's going to be Steven he, Lenhart of San Jose, who uh, the entire league hated. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you talk about yellow cards. I mean, him and Trap both have three already in but, just five games. You know, so I'll, I'll defend I'll defend Reynoso a little bit. And I, I know like Doomsday Jeremy talked about this on our most recent episode. And I was texting with P.A. Loon and P.A. Loon was talking about this as well. But. We, we talk about the yellow cards that Reynoso gets himself, but 
Is there a stat? How many yellow cards has Reynoso caused other players to get? How, how many and yellow I, cards has Reynoso caused his opponents to get? Because and, he he is such a, he is followed all the time, right? He's kind of like our Christian Pulisic. People just to stop him, they just trip him up. They they get at his heels. They get at his his feet. Like people are attacking Reynoso all the time. I get that he's. Uh, He's kind of allowing himself to boil over, and that's not good. And it's it's had some consequences for our team. But also, it's like cut it out, like leave, let the guy play. I don't know. So, so here's the here's the basically the stat about fouls. In the first five games, he has attracted twenty fouls already. Yeah, he has had twenty fouls committed on him. The next highest person is Sasani Dodson with eight. He has, Reynoso by himself has drawn over 26% of all of our total fouls that we've been given. And if I'm not mistaken, he drew a, he got a yellow card for Jackson Reagan, who had to commit a professional foul to stop him from advancing. Uh, And I feel like there was another foul in the game where a Sounders player got a yellow card on him as well. So uh, you're right. It seemed like he does really whether it's there, he's annoying and needling or he's amazing and they need to stop him on his run. Um, they're willing to, to draw a card to stop him. Yeah. He, he himself has committed 12 fouls and Hassani Dodson's committed 13 and Lodz committed 11. Like we we've committed 93 fouls as a team and drawn 76. So we definitely like, we commit more fouls than we, than we draw, but Yeah. Renoso already drawing 20 fouls is just an insane amount. Like, no wonder that guy gets pissed off. He gets fouled at least four times a game. Like, you, you'd hate, also get annoyed. I'm going to bail on the rest of yeah. the podcast because I got a hockey game to go to since I'm sitting right outside of a hockey arena. But I wanted to say, uh, you know, check out me on Twitter and Instagram at Legal Minded Punk. And more importantly, when the loons come to Seattle in May, if you want, if any, if any Loons fans want to hang out, Cameron at GorillaFC.com. We're always over at Flatstick Pub before the match. Come hang out. We'll welcome you. I appreciate that. You just Go called cracking. me. You just called me Minnesota Nice on your podcast for for giving the shout out, saying like, "Hey, you need you need help trying to figure out where you want to go for drinks, where you want to go for food, how you're going to get to the stadium." I was like, "I'll be your travel guide. I'll I'll be your I'll be your travel agent. I probably can't go with you, but I'll be your travel agent. I'll help you out." You're one upping me here. You're actually saying that you you'll like go out to the what do you call it the flat steak? You'll go to the flat, flat steak. I'll hang out. Nice. We can be friends before and after. Uh, but during the ninety minutes, we don't have to be friends, but. Otherwise, we can be. All right. Well, cool, man. You're more Minnesota nice than me. I will put your <laughs> I will put your Twitter handle in our show notes as well as the Twitter handle of your own Sounders podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, you guys. And I hope to be back, whether it's then or uh, later in the year during a World Cup podcast. Ooh, ooh, spicy. All right, sounds good, mate. Take care. Enjoy the weekend. All right. So that was episode number. Is this? 87? Are we at 87 now? Or 88? I thought we were at 88. Maybe I didn't change the number on the top. Dustin, you got one All job. Right. <laughs> That's a lot of jobs. <laughs> a lot of jobs. <laughs> Hold on, let me check. This is this is 87. This is 87. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So yeah, I did that one job. Okay, you did you did you did your one job. There you go. All right. Episode number 87 in the books. Next up, we have Sunday, April 10th at Austin FC. That's a 6:30 game. So, of course, right as I am trying to get my daughter to go to bed is when the game is going to start. Classic. I will have probably read the same Clifford book like a fifth time in a row. I might have to DVR it. Anyway, yeah, Justin, we were going to go to that one at first, and then I saw the the prices of, of air travel and got kind of scared off. But There could be trips in the future. Yep. Yep. I, I do still have a goal of going to an away game this year. Maybe it'll just be like a Kansas City or something. And, or maybe yeah, it'll be that, next get year. Get some barbecue. Oh, bar- Kansas City barbecue is the best. Mm. Way better than Austin barbecue, probably. Sorry, I'm trying to start a fight. That's an, that's a, that's another one where I, I made a funny joke and you guys were both laughing and you guys both had your microphones muted. Again with the laugh track. <laughs> Look, I don't really know that much. I mean, you, you threatened Austin barbecue. Isn't Texas just known for being just everything's huge? So I assume yeah, that tailgate yeah. is just What's Austin barbecue? Is that a thing? Yeah. Texas in general, yeah. So it's... I, more, I was told to not mess with Texas, so I just don't mess with Texas, you know? Like, that's oh, that their slogan. The they just say, don't mess with... Te-. So I just don't mess with Texas, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, Kansas City barbecue's more saucy. Texas barbecue's more... Big. Like, smoky and... Big. More of, like, a... Lots. Like, less less <laughs> sauce. And, and I think the sauce that they do use is more, like, vinegar-based... I don't know. Someone's probably listening and really cringing at my comments on this, but <laughs> a vinegar-based sauce? God, no, like the worst. <laughs> that part I'm pretty sure is right, and I'm pretty sure the part about it's more about the smoker and it's more about like the the flavors that smoking the barbecue produces rather than rather than the sauce. Where, um, I don't know. I I like the sauce. I I like Kansas City barbecue. Anyway, let's talk about Austin. <laughs> Austin, yeah, go for it. Yeah, they uh, they're coming back down to earth a little bit. Uh, first two games, admittedly, were not overly difficult. They played FC Cincinnati and into Miami and smashed ten goals, five goals past yep. each of them. Uh, the last three games, however, there's been a loss to Portland and a draw to Seattle and a draw to San Jose, and they've only scored three goals in that time. So they have really kind of narrowed, kind of like back towards basically middling. Uh, there was a stat somewhere that showed the table, uh, of which I have now completely lost that, but they are they are fourth. So they also have eight points, just like us, just like FC Dallas, just like Colorado, just like Houston Dynamo. We're all sitting on eight points. Uh, the only difference is... They have is, a way inflated goal differential, yeah. Yeah, they have plus eight uh, because of their first two games. Dallas has plus four, Colorado and Houston have plus two, and we have plus one. But we are ahead of Seattle, who is on seven points and has a zero goal difference. So this table so is really... Each of, us have, each of us have three goals in the past three games, so it's going to be a 1-1 draw. Yep. Uh, I'm predicting we score one. Let's, let's go to Iowa and let's place that bet. 1-1 draw. <laughs> I will say... I say, I say we win 2 nothing. We win 2 nothing. That's my that's you my multiple guess. goals. 
Jeez. No, one one draw. Ethan Finley will get one, and Robin Lid will get one. I think. Does Big Celery play for them? Did didn't he sign with them as well, or was that just last year? I think he did. I don't know if he still does. I don't know. Yeah, I mean the the other thing about it is this this like Western Conference looks really topsy turvy. So LAFC are on top with zero losses and four wins and a draw. Then it's Real Salt Lake. Then it's LA Galaxy. Then it's Austin. And then under us is Seattle, Nashville, Sporting Kansas City, and Portland. <laughs> it is still it's too early to really. I don't know. I'm not going to care about this, the table standings for a while. It's just too early. Um, but yeah, so we have Austin next weekend. That's a Sunday game. So on Saturday for your soccer fix, I guess you can go to the Mall of America or just uh, hit refresh on your Twitter feed to see what the new Aurora kits look like. Hit That'll be cool. Add to cart, which will be what I'm doing most likely. Oh, I- Yeah, I suppose they're probably going to be for sale right away. That'll be cool. All right, guys, I got to get going. I actually still have lesson planning that I have to do for tomorrow because spring break over for me. So, all right, guys, until next time. Well, first of all, thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you for being here. We will have two episodes coming for you. Like we said, the Aurora Kit episode as well as the Austin recap. Those episodes will be coming for you. You'll have the Aurora Kit episode in your feed Monday morning, you'll have the Austin game review in your feed Tuesday morning. Give them both a download, even if you don't listen. And hey, we won't say no to a five-star review on Apple or Spotify either. Either way, we appreciate we appreciate you humoring our hobby, letting us talk about balloons. Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out. And uh, peace out and pot on your loons. Yeah, thanks, everybody. It was fun. Peace out. Pot on balloons. See ya. (laughs) 